Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode, oh boy, is called The Undoing. It's my undoing. There were several things in this that were my undoing. I just don't really know why it's called that, but that's okay. What would it be called? The one with pirate stuff in it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, This did not disappoint. We were promised excitement, and it is excitement. It's also very sad, but it's a wild case. Yes, it is. Wild. So this is season 30, episode 25. It aired on May 6th, 2022, hosted by our favorite hankied host, Sir Mankey with the hanky, Josh Mankiewicz. We are in a suburb of Portland, Oregon called Gresham. We are back in Oregon just like last week, but this time no one is getting dysentery on the Oregon Trail, but they might be getting scurvy. Are you sure about that? (laughs) We are in 2016, 3.30 in the morning. We meet a detective named Aaron Turnich, and he's responding to a call at a ground floor apartment Anastasia, 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 Annie Hester was stabbed and died and she is only 24 years old. It's very, very sad and an extremely gruesome scene. And again, we are not in the 1800s because with a name like Anastasia Hester, it feels like you are in some sort of Nathaniel Hawthorne book. Right. Well, someone else has the Scarlet Letter. That is true. Yeah. But that is Literary quite, references for the win. That is quite a lovely name. It is. It's beautiful. It's very romantic sounding. Okay. Police see a cinder block that was used to get into the apartment and through the back window. She has a child, a four-year-old, Alice, who is thankfully with her father, Matthew. They share custody. More on that later. If you thought it was just going to be the share of custody and that was it, it's never just that on uh-uh. Dateline. Annie married Matt, who loved video games, but Annie was more focused on a more serious game. The game of life. And not the board game. Kind of the board game. Where you put the little people in the little cars. But that's basically the real game of life. Like her game of life and the actual board game of life feel like it's the same. She wants Well, the that same game goals. of life is super antiquated and some of us have different choices that they've made and it doesn't mean that we're not succeeding at life. Thank you very much, Mattel. Wow. Wow. All right. Take it down a notch. Here, here's what I'm trying to say. Triggered. If you were saying that you are triggered, if you were saying the game of life, she did want those things on the, the game board. She did. She wanted to succeed. She want what society's definition of success is. She wanted a house, a car to get married and have kids. And Mank points out when you feel that way, that's when people settle. And that was so interesting. Right. I, wow. Society and American dreams, the American dream messes up people. And it does make people settle, I think. And I'm not settling. It's not everyone, but it seems to be Anastasia wanted that. She wanted the board game life. Yes. She did not. But with a twist. She did settle. And Mank says she's not the first woman to ever settle and marry a man her family wasn't crazy about. So we're just shading Matt right off the bat. And I loved it. Yeah. They had a baby and Mank again is questioning societal norms right by saying, did having a baby live up to the expectation of having a baby? But thankfully, in her case, it did. 
And so she would love being a mom. She did not love being married to Matt. Matt and Annie divorce. And they have a peaceful custody agreement. More on that later. Many neighbors the night of the murder heard screaming, heard a conversation, heated voices, moaning. One of them turned up their bathroom fan to drown out the sound. I didn't know bathroom fans came on adjustable, but that's super fancy. Also, this is like the opposite of a nosy neighbor. It's like a non-nosy neighbor. Portland. Portland, I guess. Reach out. What's going on? Because I feel like some cities, yes, you get involved. And I feel like some cities, like L.A., New York, there are certain places that, yeah, you don't get involved. Right. That's none of your business. Right. So four hours later, someone else heard screaming, more screaming. Door slamming. Feels like your business. If it's been four hours and someone is still screaming, call 911. What is happening? We had screaming across the street in a place that I lived, and we went out, and actually people had already called. Good. But, like, everyone went out because it didn't sound normal. No. Someone is being attacked for four hours here. Or in coitus for four hours. Either one, it's not normal. It's too long. Was it one time and then there was a break and then another time? Or was it really consistent I think over? There was I had a, break. a hard time. Okay. I think there was a break, but some of these same neighbors heard the twi- both times, I at, think. At time number two, you call. You call. You call at time number one, but at time number two, I feel. But Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know their lives. I don't know what's going on. They did not appear on Dateline, notably. They're ashamed. The 911 call that comes in is from Annie, and it's hard to listen to. It's heartbreaking. She's been stabbed. She's like mortally wounded. And she says someone stabbed her. She said she doesn't know the person that stabbed her. We'll be talking about that later. Yeah, the 911 call was really brutal. It's horrible. Anytime you hear the victim that's calling 911, it's horrible. It was also interesting because the 911 operator, her tone changed immediately. She started off kind of peppy, like, Mm -hmm. you okay? You okay? And then it was not okay. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was, I thought she did a good job. job. I was worried at first. And then she did a good job. Because they don't always, but she did a good job. Annie was stabbed more than 60 times. Wow. She was almost decapitated. No. And someone had carved a VXV in her shoulder. So right away, I thought, is this some offshoot of Nexium? There we go. Led by people who don't know how Roman numerals work. I wrote Nexium back again. Nexium, but dumber. Nexium, but more murdery. Yeah. They've not stopped at the branding this time. They're going the next level. Police start with Matt right away, her ex-husband. He's 35. However, he walks with a cane and couldn't work. He has a very bad limp. Now, he's very chill in interrogation. Too chill. No reaction. They ask, did she have enemies? I didn't talk to her about her personal life. So she did die at the hospital. He just nods. She's nothing. Pretend that you care, Matt. It's not that hard. Nothing. He doesn't even say anything. No, he just says nothing. He doesn't even look down. No. He just keeps staring at the detective. Quiver your chin or something. So this was his second marriage. He cheated on his first wife. Then he cheated on Annie. I have questions about who are the ladies that are cheating with Matt because no. Him? No. 
He tells the police he's not good at this relationship thing. I would say so. He is now married for the third time to a woman named Angela. And Angela has three kids from previous relationships. And now, currently, the custody arrangement with Annie has gotten contentious. His alibi, though, was that he was at home sleeping with his wife, Angela. And Angela said he couldn't have left because she's a light sleeper. Now, Mank says, we're getting juicy here. Mank says, in an ordinary household, a husband might offer an alibi for his wife and vice versa. But this wasn't the case in the unorthodox household of Matt and Angela. They had three roommates. And Mank says, it's like a sitcom, but not funny. Mm-hmm. Come and knock on our door. We've Matt and Angela are you. waiting for you. So Mank says it's a good idea to get your scorecards handy. Yeah. Great idea. It's a little confusing. Our friend Mary Payne from Pink Shade did text us saying that she was utterly confused. There's several people that start with an A. There's an Aaron, an Angela, and an Annie. That's a little confusing. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. So if you're not watching super if this is one that you're doing while doing other things if you're sort of half watching it you may come back and be like who is karina yeah i i get it I see yes it. so three roommates that mm-hmm. live with matt and angela number one is aaron mcgraw mm-hmm. and he is there wait for it angela's first husband and father of two of her children mm. so Angela lives with her new husband, Matt, and her ex-husband, Aaron, and their kids. Meg says, Aaron was a tenant of his ex and her next. So that sentence broke me. That sentence is my villain origin story. Do you remember when Keith, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, said... It was four hours from yesterday and tomorrow's today's yesterday. But remember that? And I, we didn't understand it. This sentence, I, co- I kept rewinding. I thought Mank was saying there was another person that there was like another roommate that she was also with. But I was very confused. What he's saying is he's she just finding her a- ex. Yeah. And the Her next ex. one in line. And the next. Yes. I thought she I thought he was about to go into the next roommate. I think you thought about it just I thought, way I went too, too hard. hard. Yeah, way yeah. too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mank says to the detective, that's a thing in Portland? Which <laughs> is hilarious when Mank is like, those hippies with their rainy climates and putting a bird on it and flannels kombucha. and kombucha and living with their exes. And such. So he is very confused. We are starting to get confused. Anyways, Aaron crashes there when he doesn't have a better offer. But he did have one the night of the murder. He was at his girlfriend's house. Nothing sexier than a man who is crashing on his ex-wife's couch in the house she lives with her new husband. Ladies, raise your standards. Except, hey, his two kids are there. That's fine. That's true. He has two children living in that house. So that to me makes a little more sense. He's not just crashing there. They she's got three kids from previous relationships. Two of them are Aaron's. And so Aaron stays there probably to see his kids as well. Is it super progressive parenting to all live together under one 
roof. Like I know Prince Andrew and Fergie did that, but mm. or is it actually very toxic for the children? I would say that does he here's where I got confused. Does he actually pay rent there and live there or does he just crash there sometimes? Because that's the difference between him coming and crashing there once in a while and him actually having his own room there and paying rent, which I don't think is the case. But I'd like to know. Yeah. I have questions. Yeah. Because I, I think that's not weird. That seems normal to me. That you it would, does. if you get along with the ex wife who you have children with, that you would stay there seems fine. But if you actually are on the lease, that raises an eyebrow yeah. a little bit to me. I, does that make sense? What do you think? I don't know. They did it on 90 Day Fiance, Juliana and Michael, although that turned out terrible. So I'm going to say. They lived together or they. They lived One with, of them stayed there sometimes. No, they lived. Michael and Juliana, 90 Day Fiance, had his ex-wife and mom to the children move in with her new husband. So the four of them all lived together in the house during quarantine. Ooh, but again, like the, the being there all the time. It's too much. But so, sometimes, okay. That's my take. Mank says you might want to remember Aaron. You'll be seeing his face again. So, oh boy. When mm -hmm. the host warns you to do something, you do it. I wrote it down and circled it. Good. You were a good student. I was right. Number two, sec second roommate. We don't even get his name. No, we don't. He was out and about, and he came back at midnight and saw Matt and Angela in bed. Now, if you're wondering why he went into their bedroom at midnight, we're going to have an answer to that very quickly, because I was wondering, hi, mom Me and dad, too. just checking to see, tell you I'm home. No. Okay. So questions about that. Number three, Karina Walters. Karina is Angela's best friend. She's divorced. She couldn't afford a place, even though she has a good job because Portland is very expensive. Mm -hmm. So she lives in the garage, which has kind of been made into an apartment. Has it, though? It really hasn't, though. I don't Let's think it real. has. It didn't look like it had that piping around the door, which means it gets really cold in there or right. really hot. So she says... Their car is so loud and the garage wall is very thin and the car is parked right outside. Also, doesn't Portland get very cold? So this is what I said. I am sad for I Karina. have lived in a garage. It's rough unless you have taken certain precautions. And that was in L.A. Yeah. So I can't imagine the rain. No. Stuff seeping in. No. Yeah. So she says I would have heard them if they left because of the car mm -hmm. also i used the bathroom at 3 a.m and i saw matt and angela in their bed again you're thinking why is another roommate going into their bedroom in the middle of the night they sleep in the living room did you like me assume that everyone was going to the bathroom and they left their door open and they were walking by their bedroom because that's I what hoped. i had assumed this whole i had just it did not occur to me that they live in the bedroom which now leads me to believe that this is in fact a one or two bedroom house that all these people are living in and the kids have the room. That's, I hope, let's, okay, I can, I hope they let the kids have the room. They, they are sleeping in the living room in a bed while Karina lives in the garage and Aaron lives somewhere maybe on the floor next to the bed and the roommate number two that doesn't have a name 
I don't, maybe there's another bedroom for him. I don't know. The economy can be rough, so I don't want to judge. We've but seen this before. It's a lot of people in one house. That's I think we sound time. very privileged, and probably a lot of people in the world live like that, but I was not expecting it on Dateline. Correct. In Portland. Yeah. So she says, Karina says she heard Angela snoring. So she and she saw them in the bed. Police say, would you turn them in if you knew that they had done something? She says in a heartbeat. I would never I couldn't live with myself. I would turn them in back to Annie, the victim. Her dating life was, I will say, atypical. She was dating a couple, both the man and the woman. And Mank calls it a plethora of polyamory. He's nailing the alliteration in this episode. (laughs) Also, Annie was an open book about her open relationships, and she wasn't shy or ashamed. Good for her, nor should she be. However, her sister-in-law said that she would TMI all over her a little bit, and you can she sister-in-law is not so comfortable. I'm picturing them at like Olive Garden, and Annie is talking about her latest dating history, and the sister-in-law grabs the free breadsticks and shoves them in her ears. To drown out the sounds. Investigators are now learning some new things, including our detective who is very straight-laced. And he is in uncharted pirate territory. So he is in dark waters. He is having to explore some previously unheard of kinky fetishes. Mm -hmm. And I thought, is this a Dennis? Where's Dennis? Yeah, sure. Where'd you go, boo? Dennis usually gets these sort of episodes. So... Mank says, we're way past love triangle here. This is like love trapezoid, like love rhombus. And the detective tries to pitch in and says, love spiderweb, which is great and accurate. However, it's not a shape. Mank was doing shapes. I wish he had said octagon, something like that. He tried his best. Yeah. There's one more thing that is getting mentioned when it comes to Annie's love life. Pirates. Are you surprised? Yes. I was surprised that we haven't seen it before, right? We've seen people do pirates, but we haven't seen specifically pirate. I don't think we've seen people do pirates, have we? I thought we had. Maybe that's just my real life. I might be be crossing the two right now. We've seen cosplay and things like that. No, we have seen pirate cosplay. We absolutely have seen pirate cosplay. Civil War reenactors. And I might also be thinking of 90 Day Fiance. Again, they all are (laughs) blending together at this point. Well, 90 Day Fiance is the precursor to Dateline. Sure. So Annie belonged to a pirate's role play group. And this poor detective, he's grown up a lot in the past few days working on this case. Uh He says to Mank, I was not aware pirate things were a thing. And he has learned that there are people who live their lives as pirates. I have questions about that. Well, I might direct you to a little movie called Dodgeball, because Mm. there is one such fella in that movie that lives as a pirate and speaks as a pirate. No, there are some on Bar Rescue, too. I went through a Bar Rescue phase and I watched every episode and there was a pirate bar. And I'm pretty sure several of the people that worked in that bar lived as pirates. Oh, so even when they go to the grocery store or when they're not at the bar, they're still pirates. Yeah, I'm also fairly sure that Johnny Depp lives as a pirate (laughs) when he's not in court. 
that, I think it that seems... he I think that he's dressing well for court, but I think the rest of the time he lives as Jack Sparrow. I'm and if fairly you think convinced of that. People didn't make that comparison on Twitter. That we are right in the middle of a Johnny Depp We certainly are media frenzy. Yes, we are. We are also getting pirates here. Mm-hmm. So Mank points out, well, pirates love knives. And Annie was killed with a knife. I thought pirates love treasure. They love swords. Also booty. And swords are, well, they use the swords to get the booty. And the swords are kind of like knives, I would say. So there's a subset of the pirate world that has a kink where they use knives during sex. And Annie was not really into that, but she had played around with it. She did participate in pirate parties or dungeon parties, or what we're going to call pirate dungeon parties. And Mank gives this look to the camera. He pulls out his cell phone. He dials. He says, Dennis, my friend, where are you at? Dennis, come down here. Remember that episode you did where you were in Master Bob's sex dungeon and Kimberly and Katie were so upset about it? You have any advice for me? This seems so much more fun than the Master Bob's dungeon. This seems so much very more fun. lighthearted, even the knives, because you, they keep showing pictures of them in parks, and clearly the weapons aren't real. And so I'm like, is it a real knife, though? Is it just for effect, and it's not actually a blade? I just, I have a lot of, but I don't Is it know. one of those knives that they use, yeah, that are toys, and you press it into someone's body, and it retracts into the handle, or is it real? Also, is it weird that it made me like Annie even more? That this oh, was I kind loved of Annie. her yeah. life because what a great escapism that you. I, I'm always a little bit jealous of Renfair people, even mm-hmm. though I maybe sound like I'm mocking it. It's, it comes from a place of jealousy because it's fun. It's make believe all the time. You I know? love anyone that nerds out about anything that that's super specific that yeah. they are passionate about. It, it seems be very fun. Stamp collecting. It could be pirate dungeon parties. It can be you like go karts. I don't care. Whatever. I feel like if you have a vice, it can kind you can kind of get away with it. Maybe you like alcohol a little too much, right? Maybe that's a thing for you. But if you live as a pirate every day, <laughs> people may never. It's no one's going to do it. They're going to do an intervention on you for maybe a, being a pirate, but not right. for you know. Right. Not, and they're going to be like, a pirate. you can't carry a parrot in every restaurant. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embar- You also can't pretend to have a peg leg when you don't. That's offensive. You cannot do that out in public. But no one's going to be like, you're drinking too much grog. It's fine. You're a pirate. It's okay. It's true. Pirates are sort of proud of their vices. They don't really take yeah. a lot of guff from people. They're not worried about their caffeine intake or things like that or their cholesterol because they're in pirate fights all the time. A cannonball is going to get them before cirrhosis of the liver. Maybe we do some research and go to just go to a park event and just see. I'm not saying a nighttime party. We're not going to a dungeon party, but maybe I told you I saw that convention in Las Vegas where the giant pirate ship came down the street. Okay, yeah, I would 100% go. I might scream in Jerry Seinfeld voice, but I don't want to be a pirate if things got a little too real. Uh, I think that's the code word. If yeah. you scream well, that, that was my we question, actually. What yeah. is the safe word at a pirate dungeon party? My safe word, or rather words, are mm. from our sponsor, and they are BetterHelp, customized online therapy. It's a really good option. I like if it. If anything gets too real at a pirate party, I go, BetterHelp! 
Perfect. And then get on your phone. Uh Uh-huh. Life can be overwhelming and a lot of us are burned out. We might not even know it. You might feel a lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, relying too much in escapism in your pirate world and not focusing on your job. I've been feeling very run down like I am a car that's on empty. It gives me no motivation to do anything. Therapy is so helpful to me to put that spring back in my step so I can pirate on. I've learned (laughs) that... I can be burned out from work, but also from life situations, from family, from my closet being really messy. That sort of makes me feel overwhelmed and burned out. So my therapist is helping me learn about self-care. And that can be counting your gold doubloons or wearing thicker eyeliner than Jack Sparrow. He wears very thick eyeliner. He does. BetterHelp offers video, phone, or even live chat sessions with your therapist from anywhere. Say you're at a pirate party and you want your anxiety to walk the plank. Message your therapist. BetterHelp is also much more affordable. It costs way less gold doubloons than in-person therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and a Date with Dateline listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Dateline. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Dateline. Because we can all use a little... Better. Help. Arr. Better. Better help. Help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Katie... While we're talking about health, what are you doing to get to know yours? What am I doing to get to know my body? Your body? Did you know that you can use science to discover more about your body and you can do it anytime, all year long, not just in pirate season? Mm Mm-hmm. Give yourself clarity and better understand your health and wellness with Everly Well at-home lab tests. Everly Well at-home lab tests give you physician-reviewed results and personalized insights so you can take action on your health and wellness. With over 30 tests, you'll be able to choose the ones that make the most sense for you, whether it be food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, and thyroid, which is the one that I took, are just a few of the many options. Everly Well ships your at-home lab test straight to you with everything you need for a simple sample collection. You use a prepaid shipping label, mail your test back to a certified lab and in just days your physician reviewed results and actionable insights are sent right to your device and you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide next steps i had a great experience using everly well for my thyroid test it was super easy the kit was very easy to understand exactly (laughs) what i needed to do and how i needed to ship it in but more importantly the results were easy to understand Thyroid's really important to your overall health. It impacts a lot of functions of your body. Mm-hmm. So it was something that I had always heard to get tested, but never knew how important it was. And I have an appointment with my primary care and I will be sharing the results with him. Awesome. Because I think that some of them might be important. Mm-hmm. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well with their at-home lab testing. So you can feel confident and for listeners of A Date with Dateline, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash date dateline. 20% off is great. Check yeah. it out, everybody. That's everlywell.com slash date dateline for 20% off your at-home lab test, everlywell.com slash date dateline. Because we should all be feeling Everly Well. <laughs> Thank you, Everly Well. Thank you. So it turns out that the husband and wife couple that Annie was dating had broken up with her, which has to be 
an awkward, do you do it as a one thing? Do you go, I'm not feeling it. It's not you, it's us. Is that what you say? I don't know how it works. I think it's much easier for two to break up with one. Because they kind of can bounce off each other. Well, we just feel like it's not for us and we decided to go on our own, you know. Or we're just not a good fit as a thruple. I feel right. like there are ways to d- do yeah. that, but it sounds like she got hurt. So I don't know. They didn't do it well, I don't think. Mm. They didn't do it everly well. Right. They broke up six weeks before and they had an alibi. So the pirates are red parrots. I mean, herrings. Hmm. And Mank says Annie's pirate friends had no plans to have her walk the plank. There goes one of my titles, Mank. Thanks so ah! Sorry, Annie. (laughs) It's the best parrot I got, and it's not good. I liked it. I'll work on it. So then Karina, who is roommate number three at Angela and Matt's house, is being interviewed on Dateline, which made me, all the hairs stood up. I was like, why is she here? This is very suspicious. What is she? She's very important. She keeps being interviewed yes so she's angela's best friend she lived in the garage she said they all thought it was a burglar and mank says a burglar doesn't carve symbols into you and nothing was stolen so it doesn't really make sense that it was a burglar but anyways that's what karina said that they all thought at the matt angela karina roommate number two aaron household it's hard to say when there's that many people living in a house yeah what do we call it the roommate house i don't know i had a thought do you think that the police weren't releasing certain information like the carving on the upper arm and so they genuinely like karina genuinely thought it could be because she didn't know those details i'm guessing she didn't yeah that's possible Police bring back Matt and Angela to talk again. He is still limping quite obviously like Kaiser Soze. The detective thinks it's fake. It's fully fake. It's not right to pretend to have a peg leg. Right. Katie just said it. I just said it five minutes ago. That's not cool. So even with the two alibis of the people that saw them sleeping that night, police are still interested in Matt specifically. And he tells them he wants to help and he starts choking up and does this cry that didn't seem that genuine to me, but I never think it is. And oh, no, it's particularly bad. Okay, good. So he says he had nothing to do with it. He takes off his shirt to show that he has no cuts on him and they compare his shoes to the bloody footprints at the scene and his are way bigger. Which is also another way, you know, it's not the pirate friends because it wouldn't be footprints. I don't actually know what the tread on a pirate boot is. But Questions there was no peg leg. There was no, there was definitely no just dot. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So Matt's shoes don't match. Detectives pretend like they have evidence on Matt, which is something I don't like that they can do, which is they can fully lie. Interestingly enough, Oregon just passed a law last year that says they can't lie to minors anymore. So Matt says to them, if you had evidence, you would charge me, which is weird because normally when they say we have proof that you killed them, they you would say, no, you don't. It's impossible. You have the wrong person. I didn't do it. No way. And instead, he's challenging them almost like if you did, you would charge me. Mm -hmm. So. Angela, in her interrogation, is not feeling well. Poor thing. She has her head on the desk. She lo- looks like a teenager who's falling asleep in class. It does not. 
it's almost it's either she's got a migraine and or cluster headache and cannot bear the light or the noise or the yeah. sound of someone's voice. Yeah. Or it's some she has a severe flu or it's withdrawals. Because I don't think she would be trying to convince police that she has withdrawals given I think it, I the think amount of get, children she has at home. I would hope not, but it would get her out of some stuff. I don't think it would. I My, think it would make her look more guilty. Maybe so. I don't know. It was weird, though. It's my first thought when I saw it. She's kind of painting maybe some food poisoning or severe stomach bug. Norovirus. Oh, it could be. Yeah. She tells the police when she can kind of lift her head up off the desk that the dogs were whining and woke her up at 3 a.m., which is coincidentally when the neighbors were hearing noises at Annie's. So she admits she was up at that time. How many dogs? I don't know. We see one dog. I'm just, where are the dogs and how many dogs are there? I don't where know. Where are the dogs? Where, how is there room for dogs in that house? Is there know. a dog bed in the living room as well as the main bed and this? I need a floor plan. I've said it before, but I would really just appreciate just yeah. a, a floor plan and maybe overhead shots of each room. Yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah. So... She said she got up to let the dogs out. She says she took them to go potty, which Sorry, is who totally. Let the dogs out? Angela took the dogs out. Come on, it was a good. So dog. she said she took the dogs to go potty, which is totally normal for someone to say about their dogs. But then she says, I went to go potty, which you're thinking, okay, she's a mom, maybe. So she's used to calling it potty. But then she says she ended up puking and SHing herself at the same time. So she obviously has no problem saying cussing, but she's like, I went potty and then I... And then, no, she said, I went potty and I ended up puking and SHing myself. It was yes. just one sentence so casual, like, not yeah. fine. She Her relationship with poop is much like yours, where you say the word and talk about it often yeah. and I sort of do a weird gesture. Yeah. yeah. So... Because I'm repressed. It's fine. She, because you're a lady. So she called for Matt to help her and they showered her off to get the poop and sweat off. You could have just said we showered because I was feeling really disgusting. And instead she goes as far as to say I showered to get the poop and the sweat off. That was the part. It's that you didn't need to say that. We no, knew what you were doing. You didn't. We, we got it. The weirder part is that Matt had said they never got out of bed. So that's yeah, weird. that's weird. Also, yeah. the detective is saying, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. But he's thinking in his mind, that is so gross. Is diarrhea contagious? Get her out of here. I don't want her sitting on that chair anymore. I bet he is, actually. Yeah. So at Annie's funeral, they have an undercover officer there who notices that Angela has a large cut on her hand. Interestingly, the police have had her in now twice for questioning. They didn't notice it. But the undercover officer at the funeral. Well, they said it was in a weird spot, right? It's in the web of her finger. Okay. Okay. Well, they had Matt take off his shirt to make sure he didn't have cuts. They did not check Angela's hands, I guess. But remember what she's doing in those interviews. She's closing in on herself. So I guarantee you she's got sweatshirt like with the sleeves when you pull it over the knuckles. Which is why you ask to see her hands. It's 101. If someone's stabbed, they probably cut themselves. Because when you're holding the blade, it gets really slippery from the blood. Are you listening, detective? It's 101. Are you listening? It's 101, according to Kimberly. Come on. 
So Matt paid $200 a month in child support. He and Annie had a good relationship when this all started out. It's very inexpensive. So he and Annie- You'd had, be surprised. That it's very inexpensive. It should cost- I feel like it should cost more, but whatever. It should. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, it, it doesn't. doesn't. Especially so, if you're unemployed. Matt and Annie had a good relationship. It continued when he married Angela. And Karina says they all got along together and went on vacations together. Okay. I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about that. Then Annie wanted her mom to watch the daughter more often, and Matt didn't want that. And it started a huge custody battle, and it went to court, and it got very nasty. Angela reported Annie for child neglect, which the state found no evidence of. Matt and Angela were making it dirty. Then Angela, who is the stepmom, starts taking a larger role in the child exchanges when they're handing off the child because Matt has suddenly remembered that Annie had abused him during their marriage. Oh, we're just going to have to leave that there. (laughs) Matt stopped paying child support because neither Matt nor Angela had a job. Well, Matt kind of considers himself to be a professional parent. Now, if you're asking how you get paid to be a parent, he gets the money from the government because the children are very conveniently diagnosed with medical conditions. Angela's children, that is. They were getting, Angela and Matt, two grand a month in benefits. And if they got Annie's and Matt's daughter, Alice, full-time, they were planning to get her diagnosed as bipolar to make money off of her. It's and to really mess up stuff for her in the future because she's correct. going to think she's that and she's going to be on medications for that if she when she possibly doesn't need it. Correct. Cool. It's a whole bunch of levels of sick. Yeah. So six months before Annie was murdered, she was given full custody of Alice because the judge thankfully saw right through Angela and Matt. Matt was given a bill for $42,000 in court and lawyer fees and back child support. And the day of the court judgment, Angela said in a fury, if I killed her, nobody would even miss her. Karina, her Mm. best friend, Mm. said, you're just mad. Karina, why is she your best friend? Why are you friends with Angela? Why? Do people ask you that about me? I hope not. No. Be make me very sad. You've never threatened to kill anybody. That would be the last straw. I would walk away. I'd like to think so. What if they People, really deserved it? Then that would be okay. Okay. So That's a true friend. Detectives look for security footage from Angela and Matt's house the night of the crime. Mank says, ooh, what was that? In a very Keith-esque voice. Because... There is camera footage from a neighbor's house that records Matt and Angela's car driving off, but they can't tell who was driving. They can follow the car on cameras across the city all the way to Annie's apartment. And it was at her house at 1130 at night, which was when the neighbors first heard the screams. And at 4 a.m. when they heard the car leave, the car left and they can follow it on cameras home. So you're thinking, Karina, you've got some explaining to do. Because she specifically said she did not hear the car leave. She thinks they didn't start the car when they pulled out, put it into neutral. I don't know how cars work. So she starts crying 
She feels really badly. Is it possible that they started the car when she was inside the house going to the bathroom or something? Or maybe she was taking a shower that night and so they were clever about it? Yeah. No, but she said she saw them in bed too, right? What time did she see them? Three. So she was mistaken about something or is not telling the truth about something. She said she saw them in bed and heard Annie snoring. So she starts crying to Mank and she says, if I had noticed, I could have done something. And Mank very kindly says, if you had heard them leaving, it wouldn't have mattered. It would be too late. It's not you couldn't have saved Annie. And she said, if I had taken those threats seriously, I could have. So she feels terrible. What do you think? I feel I feel bad for her. I believe that she feels terrible. I agree. I did too. I believed her until we hear from the detective, but it didn't sway me. I was like, no, she. That's how someone who's genuinely sorry. Her face is, her nose is all red. I mean, she's clearly crying. I think she went on Dateline because she feels bad. She didn't have to come on Dateline. I think she wants to apologize and say, I'm sorry. I could have. I feel like I could have helped this. I, I hope she's able to let it go. Yeah. The detective thinks she's lying. Well, the detective thinks everyone's lying. He's a bit of a hard nose, though, right? Yeah. You said he's very straight laced. Yes. And he thinks she was lying to save, protect her friends. And she knew that they went out that night. I don't think she liked them that much. I don't think she liked, I think she liked Annie. So yeah. I think she wouldn't be okay with this yeah, whole thing. Agreed. So. Detectives go through Angela and Matt's phones and they find a photo of a Payless Shoes coupon that Matt sent to Angela seven months before the murder. And an hour after this, Angela sent Matt a photo of two pairs of boots in a Payless. The manager of the shoe store knows which Payless it is because it was taken at the only one that didn't have new carpet put in. Not all Payless Shoe store managers wear capes. He's a retail hero. MVP? MVP. It was at the store 10 minutes from Angela and Matt's place where she bought these shoes seven months before the murder in a size nine and a half. And that matches this prints at the crime scene. So this does mean cops went through seven months of photos on Angela and Matt's phone. But it also means Angela and Matt had seven months to delete these photos and didn't. And I am a bit of a photo hoarder on my phone, but I don't feel like I have photos of coupons that are seven months old that I clear up that data on your phone. Oh, I have some weird stuff, but I do clear it. Mank says to the detective, that's good police work. And the detective says, solid. And Mank voiceover says, solid gold, that is. What does that mean? Solid gold. It's an expression. Oh yeah, but is In it because show? is it gold because of the pirates? Is it a Oh maybe. maybe. I think it might be. Okay. Maybe, yeah, it maybe. Right. Yeah. Go. I didn't even get that. I just thought it was he was being cheeky. Oh. So the detectives don't have anything on Matt. Even though Matt was on the hook for 40 large. I love when Mank mm-hmm. and Dennis talk like gumshoes. Matt clearly has this motive. But they don't have anything on him. Mm-hmm. And Matt, meanwhile, has begun posting updates on his life on YouTube. Come on, man. When he is unemployed and doing nothing. I was like, Lord, grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man. And then I remembered I have a podcast. So pot, meat, kettle. No, ma'am. Can I let you compare and contrast those two things? Because they are <laughs> very, very different. This is a man who is scamming, possibly killing, and then deciding to 
take his life. <laughs> He's one of those people that thinks their life is interesting enough to blog about it. Yeah. You don't think your life is that interesting. You're talking about Dateline, you know? <laughs> I, it's not. No. I, God, I hope not. So I think he says my writing blog or something, no. which makes me think he has a screenplay that he's working on Several. and he's updating people on the progress or his writing methods. No. So a year passes. By this time, Angela and Matt have moved the family to Idaho to join the 144,000. There we go. I don't know. Sorry, Idahoans. All I think of now is Lori and Chad. Apologies. I'm sorry. So police surveil them and Mank says... The Rocky Mountain air must have had some magical healing powers for Matt because Matt is no longer limping. He is out mowing his lawn. He is at Costco pushing a huge cart and picking up those shampoo 12 packs and those 40 pound bags of shrimp or whatever you buy at Costco. He is not limping. So police arrest Angela in her pajamas Oof. and robe. I was not a fan of that robe. Okay. And she's barefoot. She's screaming, no, I have kids, you stupid bleep. Mm -hmm. She's super pleasant. Yeah. They take her to the police station and they notice that she is subconsciously rubbing the scar on the back of her hand that... The officers had noticed at the funeral. Mm -hmm. She's also still barefoot because they don't give them shoes when they arrest them barefoot. Bombus is an easy way to never be arrested barefoot because you're always wearing Bombus socks. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Bombus mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match each item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombus, you're always giving to someone in need. Everything Bombas makes is seamless, tagless, and feels luxurious, made out of the softest materials. Their socks are so cozy, and they have so many different styles. You will never be arrested barefoot again, no matter what season it is. I did another hashtag my entire outfit is Bombas challenge. Can I make that a TikTok challenge? I think that's a great TikTok challenge. Entire Bombas outfit challenge. Is it too long? I'll come up with something less wordy. B-O-C. Bombus Outfit Challenge. Love it. Okay. When we went to CrimeCon last weekend, walked around Vegas, head to toe Bombus. It was hot out, but my feet weren't hot and they weren't hurting me. My t-shirt is my favorite Bombus shirt. It kept me cool. I forgot I was wearing underwear because that's how comfy the underwear is. Listen, when you're cool and comfortable and your feet don't hurt, you aren't cranky and you don't feel like murdering. So technically, Bombus saves lives. And literally... Bombus improves the lives of people because socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters, and Bombus donates one for every item you buy. Check them out for yourself for a gift for belated Mother's Day. Check them out for a gift for just any Wednesday. Just any birthday? Unbirthday, anything. Birthday? Just get a gift for yourself. Do it. If you're having a rough May... Get a pair of Bombas or two or three. Go to bombas.com slash date dateline and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off. Bombas.com slash date dateline. Bombas, 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 Bombas. Try the t-shirts. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite shirt ever. Speaking of Angela and how she's barefoot, her hair looks terrible. It is unconditioned and frizzy. 
And I know from which I speak because I also suffer the same affliction. Yeah, as do I. But no more because I've had some help Mm -hmm. from pros. For many of us, stress is just a regular feature of our everyday lives. For some of us, stress is the main feature of our everyday life. And if you're, say, getting arrested for murder, I think it could maybe make that frizzy hair even frizzier. Mm-hmm. It's frazzled. Stress can trigger physical reactions like dramatically increased hair shedding and thinning. And I would also say frizzing, but really shedding, shedding and thinning are the two main ones. And what's wild is that people usually lose about 50% of their total hair before they even notice an increase in shedding. 50%. That's to me still. It's a lot. Now there's a way to stop stress-related hair loss in its tracks and spark new, stronger growth. And I am taking part. Yay! Pros. Pros specializes in custom hair care, and now they make custom hair supplements that help reduce excess shedding and spark fuller, thicker hair growth with just two capsules a day. I have been taking two capsules a day. I got started through an online consultation. Pros customizes your supplements to address all the factors that could be triggering your hair issues. Age, hormonal changes, stress levels, diet. Pros supplements use only natural and safe ingredients, not drugs or hormone disruptors. And all formulas are toxicologist approved, gluten-free and vegan. And they really work. I have really liked the hair supplements and I've noticed that I have noticed less shedding, but also I think my hair is growing a little faster. I think it's sparking Mm -hmm. a little bit of growth. Multiple studies showed that over 90% of women taking pros hair supplements saw less shedding, oh, more growth, and improved overall appearance in just 90 days. So thank you, pros, because I think my hair is going to be gorgeous, and I think I'm a forever fan for life. So try it out for yourself, everybody. Try your own custom hair supplements, and you'll get 15% off right now at pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in depth hair consultation and 15% off custom hair supplements because we want to strike a pros, 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 with supplements. I'm excited. Thank you, pros. Thank you, pros. The reason they are now able to arrest Angela is that they have gotten some new testing done on the DNA and they have proven that some of her DNA was at the crime scene. Uh So that's how they're finally able to arrest Angela, along with the boots, of course, that match the bloody boot prints. They give her water in interrogation, and they thought it was so funny because she uses a Kleenex to pick it up, and then she wipes it down after. (laughs) Meg is like, hadn't she already given you her DNA? You matched it. And they're like, yeah, she's not that bright. Do you think she didn't know that yet? Because it... They made it seem like it was sort of a habit, but I I didn't buy that. I think she forgot that she gave them her DNA because it's been over a year. I don't know. She's Or she's been wiping off compulsively because she's been living in fear the past year. Or she thought maybe that the DNA she gave was unusable for some reason. So it could be that. So what about Matt? He is also at the police station, not arrested. He is fake limping around. Apparently, he has fibromyalgia, which if you want to know more about, you can watch the Golden Girls episode, Sick and Tired. It is excellent. It's a two-parter. It's a real condition. Matt just might not have it. So if he does, apologies. They tell him, we know that Angela did it. And then Matt 
And Mank gives us the best quote maybe ever heard on Dateline. It's in my top five. Yeah. Matt folded faster than the overnight crew at the Gap. Now, Joni, if you're listening, the people who work at these retail stores have perfected the art of folding shirts. And they have a board that they use. Why does Joni need to know it? I just I sensed that she might not have understood what Mank was saying. Oh, okay. I was going to say, your mom's a shopper. I bet she knows about the She folding. is a shopper. And she's worked retail as well. I don't know if she had to fold clothes. But there are even videos of these people that work at these... Amber Crombie, yeah. Amber Crombie. Speed folding. Yeah. Precision folding. Which she would not know because she's not on TikTok. Also, have you ever gone into a store, and I know you've done this, there are two types of people. People that unfold something to look at it. And try very hard to refold it so they do it for the salespeople or they just I do, throw it and down. And I fail. But I, I try. think that you're trying is a good thing. And by the way, if you're out there and you haven't worked retail, fold something. Fold if you something. haven't just try. Because they don't might leave, they might have to redo it, but try. Don't leave things on the floor in the dressing room. Don't be a monster. We live in society. Help these people out. I don't yeah, retail is hard. Retail's so hard. Yeah. So he says, Matt says he was sleeping, but Angela woke him up. So now his story has changed because remember, he said he never got out of bed. Mm-hmm. Angela woke him up at 3 a.m. and she was panicked. He helped her in the shower. She's bleeding and shaking. He but never not, asked her. But not pooping. Not pooping. Okay. Or not pooping or puking, but bleeding. And he never asked her why she's bleeding or what happened. Typical husband not asking his wife how her day went. Yeah. I, so mm. he then says he went so far as to clean up blood from the car and lied to the police about everything that happened that night. He does deny any part of the planning, though, for five minutes. But then he folds once again. And he says, okay, well, we were kind of planning something. We were talking to someone, trying to maybe hire someone to do a hit. And the person that he and Angela were trying was the person that Mank told us to remember. And we did because we were good students. Yeah, I wrote it down. You wrote it down, Katie. Yep. Aaron McCraw, who is roommate number one and Angela's ex-husband that also lives in the house sometimes. They had talked about paying him $15,000, which is on the medium lower end of the scale, I would say. But the plan fell apart, not because Aaron said, no way, I won't kill Annie for you, but because Matt and Angela don't have any money. They are spending that two grand every month that the government is giving them because they're faking disabilities on their children. They don't have the money for a hitman. How sad is it when you can't even afford a hitman? The economy has really hit an all-time low. No, But also, they're making more than two grand a month because Matt is also on disability, right? Great question. Fibromyalgia. And they have 8,000 roommates. I know Portland's expensive, but what's happening? Yeah. So... Hmm. Matt said Angela was the one behind the whole plan. He is flipping on wife number three. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Angela, she is in that horrible bathrobe in the interrogation room. And this woman has the audacity to lean back in her chair in interrogation and put her bare feet 
up on the interrogation room table. Last time she was diarrheaing all over the interrogation room and now she's getting her foot funk everywhere. She doesn't deserve Bombus. I know she made up disabilities and stole from the government and is a murderer, but this lack of decorum is too far for me. I'm riled. Yeah, I'm royally ticked. What is it about the bare feet that are getting you? On the table. Some people just have no sense. Detectives eat off that table. It's rude. You were outside in your bare feet when they arrested you. Then you were in the cop car bare feet. Then you've walked through the police precinct bare feet. And now you're putting your bare feet up on someone else's table. Can't stand it. <laughs> so detectives ask Matt, okay, call Aaron and see if you can get him to admit about this murder plot. Because they believe Matt for some reason, even though Matt has lied about everything so far. So they're recording him as he calls Aaron. And Aaron is now with his then-girlfriend, now-fiancé, Emily, the one whose house he says he was sleeping at that night. Mm -hmm. Matt says, we need to get our stories straight. Did you ever help Angela or drive her or anything? And Aaron says, no. And I don't feel like he should be having this conversation in front of Emily because I feel like there's a possibility if he was involved, Emily doesn't know and he wouldn't tell Emily. So he probably wouldn't admit it in front of Emily anyways. So I don't feel like it's getting a good reading on it anyways. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But anyways, he's not getting a good reading because Matt is being such a terrible actor. and It's being really obvious. Like, what should I tell the cops when I talk to them? When I was just talking to them, but I, I got to go talk to them again. So I need to get our stories straight. Did you drive her? What should I tell? Did you kill somebody? He's being a bad actor. Aaron freaks out and just hangs up because he's like, this is not right. Did you get any kind of a sense when they were doing that, that that Aaron was involved or that em Emily seemed to not know anything. The way she was sort of talking seemed just sort of, oh, we heard this. What's going on? She didn't seem scared. She seemed more like, oh my God, what's right. going on? I don't think Emily knows anything. You're I don't know what Aaron knows. Oh, okay. Aaron and Emily appear right now on Dateline. Yes, they do. She says, I thought the call was super sus when Matt called in. It was just very weird. And Aaron says... He's trying not to have a PTSD moment right now. He says he has PTSD and panic attacks ever since the police brought him in for an interrogation and a polygraph test. And he's been diagnosed and is on medication. Was he diagnosed by the same doctor that has diagnosed all of the children? That's my question. Oh, um, th the weird thing is I just heard another case about this. No, sorry. It was another podcast. The one about the kid in Texas. Sorry, I'm forgetting what it's called. Tom Brown's body? Tom Brown's body. She didn't want her son to go in for questioning and stuff because it was so intensive. And the mom yes. didn't. And she thought that it would cause a lot of problems for him because just the process of questioning a lie detector was so intense. Yes, it made I think, me think that's true. That right away, but I've never heard of it causing PTSD unless it's something like a 15-hour interrogation where you're being... Correct. Also, Aaron doesn't seem to remember anything from the interrogation. One could say he's blocked it out because it's so traumatic, but it also caused PTSD. Mank doesn't seem to buy this. I'm not going to call Aaron a liar. Mank says, so you didn't get PTSD from being in the military or some violent event in your life. You got it from being asked questions about a murder, like the questions I'm asking you now. Yeah, that was... Very clear. 
It was very clear. So then Mank says, so you don't remember when Matt called you. He has also apparently blocked out the phone call when Matt called and was clearly taping him. So Aaron doesn't remember the phone call. But Mank says, but you remember that it didn't happen? And then he says, yes. And Mank says, so wait, you did you didn't have a conversation with Matt about killing someone. And Aaron, Aaron says, no. And Mank says, OK, just trying to be clear that it's not something you don't remember. You remember that it didn't happen. And Aaron is trying to follow the verbal gymnastics of Mank, and he is simply not able to. We barely are able to. Right. But I loved it. Essentially, he's saying you are saying you never had a conversation about being a hitman, but it's not something that happened and you blocked out. You actively remember that it didn't happen. It's not that you don't remember it. So Aaron says Matt is lying to keep his kids away from him. Probably if this is true, it's because Matt and Angela want all of the children in the world with fake disabilities so that they can bilk the government out of lots of benefits. That does track. The detective, however, doesn't buy it. He believes that they did talk to Aaron about a hit. And Mank says, well, he has PTSD from you talking to him. Detective also doesn't buy that. Surprise, surprise. No. Not at all. So detectives are taking Matt's word on this. Again, Matt is a proven liar. He has admitted that he has lied to the cops before. However, why would he throw Aaron under the bus for no reason? That also doesn't necessarily make sense Uh, i think that probably because then if there's one more person involved in his brain somehow it's going to it divides up the time they would all get a a chunk of prison time but if it's divided up more then you get less i'm not kidding i think it might be something you might you know you might be something as simple as that yeah yeah you might be right let's shift the blame anywhere else whatever part of the blame i can shift i'm gonna right right so there's no proof that aaron was involved They can't arrest Matt or Aaron yet. Angela is arrested, though, and they're taking close-up pictures of her bathrobe, her hands, her bare feet that were on the desk. They're still not wearing Bombas. It's fine. She doesn't deserve Bombas. Matt is only facing a resisting arrest charge, which is dismissed. So right now, no charges for Matt. Once again, he participated in talks about hiring a hitman. He admitted this. He cleaned up evidence after a murder. He admitted this. He lied to the police. He admitted that. Still no charges for him. What stinks is that Aaron could actually give evidence to get Matt put away. If Aaron would admit, like, yes, we, you know. Although Matt is admitting it himself that he had talks to hire a hitman. I don't even know why they would need corroboration that he tried to hire a hitman. He admits that he hired a hitman. It might not be to. enough, honestly, because this has happened before where you have to have other stuff to prove. It's, right. It, that's true. Literally, his own words might not be enough, which is weird when you think about it. But I well, he is a liar. Happened. So and there's that. Then we see him in interrogation. He is Mr. Angela is leaning back in his chair with his feet up on another chair. Maybe his limp was hurting, but this couple has no respect for interrogation room furniture. No. And I cannot with them. No. Karina, meanwhile, still lives in the house with Matt after Angela was arrested. She says Matt does nothing. He plays video games in his bed all day while she works overtime. Finally, she kicks him out. 
So now she has taken control of the house. I kind of thought it was Angela and Matt's house, but I guess it's just maybe a rental and she takes over the lease. That was my question too. So there's something that Mank and Dateline have been saving for now, which I have to add to the bingo cards because they do this all the time. Things that would have been nice to know at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. A week after the murder, a life insurance company got a call from Matt wanting a payout from Annie's $100,000 life insurance. But guess what? He wasn't the beneficiary. She changed it. Mm. What do I say if we have any new people? I will say it one more time. Tell people that you've changed your life insurance and they are no longer the beneficiary and they have no motive to murder you anymore. Yep. It would save a lot of lives. Yeah. So she has changed it to her mom and her daughter. He's not getting anything. So if he was doing it for the money, he got nothing from it. Finally, detectives feel like he can arrest Matt three years after the murder. They arrest him for conspiracy to commit murder and solicitation to commit murder, which he has already admitted to. After they tell him what he's arrested for, the detective says, thank you so much. It's good seeing you again. Politeness isn't dead. I really appreciate that. So now it's who's going to turn on who? Is Angela going to turn on Matt? Is Matt going to turn on Angela? And Mank tells us a phrase I've never heard before. First squeal gets the deal. I like it. I like it. Mm -hmm. Also, he says the slammer and the joint. And later he says the big house. Yeah. I was waiting for him to say who's gal. He's just going, he's really, it's another expression for it's very old-timey expression oh. for, for a prison. So neither of them is flipping on each other. Neither is rolling. However, they keep saying this, Mank and the detective, Matt already rolled on Angela. He said she came home, was bleeding and shaking. He already rolled. But anyways, they're acting like he never rolled. So then Mank says the shoe fell in 2020. No, and if you be- he didn't roll, though, because he didn't say that she did it. He said she came home shaking and covered in blood. But he was very careful to not say that he, remember, he did not ask her in the the But he admits that they had talked about hiring a hitman. Right. He does everything but that, but he doesn't do it, and he knows that's what they need, and he didn't do it. It's annoying, honestly. Okay. So the shoe fell in 2020, and if you've been keeping track, it was a size nine and a half. Mank is just on fire with the quotes in this episode. He's really nailing it. Yeah, he really did a great job. Angela pleads guilty, and she gets 25 years to life. If she had flipped, she could have gotten less, but she didn't want to flip. She was loyal to Matt. Weird. She'll be 60 years old before she can apply for parole. And we learn that Karina, her friend, still visits Angela in the big house. Why is Karina still friends with these people? I don't. There's... Okay, there's something in their relationship that we don't know, and I wish we had a little more time so Karina think, could be like, yeah, like Karina killed a transient. No, and literally, Angela helped her. something that happened here. Well, she says I was trying to get her to talk. I think she really wants to solve the case, maybe because she feels so guilty. She very well might want to be really helpful in yeah. getting some resolution here because she feels like she should have done more. Oh, Karina, you're okay. Yeah. She says Angela won't talk. Angela tells her it's between me and God. She's not my favorite. So Matt eventually takes a deal. 
and they drop conspiracy to commit murder because they actually do want to file actual murder charges against him. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that at all. He pleads guilty to hindering prosecution and trying to hire Aaron. He only gets five years and will be up for parole in a year. I am mad about that. I'm very mad about that. Yeah. Because I don't know if they're actually going to ever try him with murder. And then he would have gotten off with a year in jail. I'm hoping that they really are planning to do that. And that's why they're okay with it. Because I don't think they would have unless they, I really They need more evidence. And I don't know what is going to come up now. Maybe after the Dateline airs, there'll be some new evidence. Yeah, let's see what happens. Karina thinks he should be tried with murder. And I was like, Karina, you lived with him after the murder. With a plan, though. Yeah, she was trying to catch him in a lie or something. I might have done the same thing. I might have tried to catch him. But I would not have wanted to stay in a house with them. I want to be like Veronica Mars. If If I... Felt this guilty, I would be actively trying to solve the case. We all want to be Veronica Mars. I know. Finally, Annie's mom is allowed to adopt Alice, the daughter, because the kids all wound up in foster care for a couple years after the murder. We don't know what happened to Angela's kids. I don't know if they're with Aaron or if they're still in foster care. This case was horrible for the children it really was although mank is very happy that he has good news because he said it's it was our best news so we saved it for the end that at least annie's mom has her daughter now and that alice is really well adjusted it think how is that possible and tells us that she's doing really well and so that is great and i did not do a title about it but I wanted a chan- to. I was thinking, a chance for Alice. So this episode is dedicated to Kristen from Washington State and Greg M., who is not. He is from the East Coast. I just paired you two together. Kristen and Greg, I think you two go together like a hook hand and a peg leg. Our Patreons are literally our right hands, our right hook hands. And our eye patch. You're our good eye. You're our good eye. eye. We couldn't see, we would have no depth perception without Kristen and Greg. No. And I think you're fabulous. (laughs) And if I might parrot that, I also agree. Fabulous. Kristen and Greg want a cracker? (laughs) Who you calling a cracker? All right, that's it. Thank you so much to both of you. We so, so appreciate it. Thank you, Kristen. Thank Thank you, Greg M. They're amazing. Do you have any B-roll bonanza, Katie? Yeah, I do. I'm not sure why. Is it Tunnage? Turnage? Turnage. I don't know why he's on his laptop in a warehouse. We're we're in a warehouse again. They love putting those detectives in warehouses. Yeah, I just really... Can we make sure to ask... Josh, about yeah. that because I really why are they need, always in warehouses? Yeah. What is yeah. the steps leading to the warehouses? Yeah, he is also looking at loose leaf photos. Mm-hmm. He's also walking down the street, and at one point he's leaning against his car on his phone. He's trying to do a uh, Keith lean, but it's not. It's a turnage lean. It's a turnage lean. <laughs> but we also see him in his car a ton, a lot of driving around footage, more than usual. It felt like him in his car. Driving to various locations. Good driver. I don't know why I noticed that more. Karina has a really pretty dog. Gorgeous dog. Yeah. I think it was a husky. How many dogs were in the house? Yeah, was that big dog living in a house with 19 adults and 15 children? 
No, that dog was living in a garage. In a garage. So. Well, it does have a thick coat of fur to keep it warm in that garage. But would the dog bark at the car starting? I would assume the dog would bark every time someone walked by the garage door. Great question. I I don't know. And then the pirate swords in some of the pirate footage, they seem to be poles. Did you notice? Poles? Poles. The swords looked like metal or silver painted foam, like a a pole. See, I feel like that's not a good representation of the pirate community. I feel like they have more quality accessories than that. I think they're really into it. And I think they, yeah. I think it's very detailed. I do. If I, I agree. If I had to guess. I would agree. I don't know. I would think it was like the Civil War reenactors we've seen. I think it is. I don't think they get period stuff, but I think that they try to make everything look weathered and they do a really good job. I understand that they can't have anything that even looks like a sword. I feel like that's what's happening is that the rules in the park are you can't have any weapons, so it can't really look like a weapon if you're going to play Oh, that's interesting. If you're going to swashbuckle That's interesting. At Comic-Con, there are rules about what kind of weapons you can have that go with your costume. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think they cannot be functional weapons. Yeah. Also, we do see Nicole, Annie's friend that we talked to. She's, we see her in various outdoor sort of locations on some sort of a patio. Maybe it's her house, but she's drinking out of a can. Could you see what the can was? I could not, but now I'm going to go back and look. It looked like a peach cocktail. Oh. Mixed fruit cocktail. But I don't think you drink that. Hmm. But it did appear to be this sort of little round can that it looked like the kind that canned fruit comes in. I don't know. Oh. That little pop top. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure it's some fancy Portland drink that I don't know about, but I did like her. Brands unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder. Payless. Payless shoe source. And uh, probably not pirates. Pirates don't care. I think pirates came off looking great in this episode. They actually did. Yeah. You're right. They did. As did the polyamorous folks. They didn't take a hit in this. No, but do you think people recognize them? Well, it, it blurred out their faces, but you could see their costumes, the pirate costumes. I don't think they even needed to have a picture, to be honest. Yeah, they did. You could have shown just sort of random assortment of people and never had to show their picture. Right. I would have been worried if I'd seen the picture and been like, oh, they're going to recognize me. Right, because I wonder if like your costumes are very specific to your character, your pirate character. I wondered that too. But again, Annie was incredibly open about who she was dating. So I think probably in that community, it was well known. They just don't want the whole nation knowing. Private pirates. Private pirates. Private pirates are watching Mm -hmm. you. Fashion police. Again, I got to say, I really didn't like that robe. And Aaron is wearing some shirt with giant eyes on it. I don't know what it was. (laughs) Some sort of comic book or superhero or something just... With giant eyes. Oh, I didn't notice it. On his it. shirt. I don't know. I did not notice it. Found it unsettling. Hmm. We did have a lot of hair color in this episode, which I get very excited about. Yeah. Lots of different hair yeah. colors, Every, like purple, it, and we had beige yeah. and things. I, I didn't like fun. Angela's, but I liked everyone else's. I might have been biased towards Angela. I, I have to say that Matt seemed a little dull in comparison to these sort of bright, lively women in his life. Agree. What is the appeal of... Matt, what's happening? No idea. He's a playboy. He's been married three times, cheats on his wives. Who is dating this? Are there no better men in Portland? 
very open about cheating in a really sort of nonchalant yeah. way that made me uncomfortable. There's something about that faking a serious injury that is maybe one of the most unattractive things. That kind of sleaze. It's sleazy. Oh, it's beyond sleazy. I think it's diabolical. If you fake what we would call an invisible disability. It's messed it's up. It's even more messed up because it's that makes it even harder for people who actually have invisible disabilities disabilities to be believed yeah did you have any titles well i did want to say i think i didn't really mention but the xvx they felt like was angela trying to frame the pirates how again i don't really get how they should have she should have put a parrot or a pirate a, a skull and crossbones but maybe that was too complicated xvx pirate so maybe it was supposed to be charlie xex XCX. Sorry, I'm looking and definitely there is stuff coming up with Monkey D. Luffy XVX fandom. What? Oh, it is. Oh, oh, stop. Hero. No, we're pirates. I love heroes, but I don't want to be one. Okay, Luffy is the founder and captain of the increasingly infamous and powerful Straw Hat Pirates. A Straw Hat Pirate. That's odd. I don't know what these are. These fighters? Oh, this is some deep m- manga. Oh, this is like manga pirates. This is anime. Anime. Yeah. Oh, very strange. So she maybe did a deep, deep, deep dive and hoped the police would Google it. Or she's just really dumb. Then the vegan pirates. Hashtag XVX. Oh, I love vegan pirates. Oh, there's a whole thing here. Okay, so XVX must be something in relationship. For sure, to pirates that you and I are just not, not here. Yeah, we're not. We just hip don't know to about it. it. But it, that's interesting. Okay, I thought there might be something. The other thing is that Annie on the nine one one call said she doesn't know who attacked her. I think we just have to credit that to shock, or Angela was wearing a mask. I'm guessing it's shock, or she didn't understand what the nine one one operator was actually asking her. Right. That she heard something I mean, she had probably had severe blood loss at that time, so her body was going in. I can't. Yeah. Do we think that she stayed the whole time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's so messed up. So, okay. Titles. Yeah. Mine are not good. The Scarlet Letter, except with Matt, it's M and A. I don't know where I was going. He did murder and he did A, adultery. Yes. Okay. Um, Where the kisses are hers and hers and his and hers and hers and his. (laughs) That parrot over there, too. There you go. I'm not making fun of Polly Emery at all. It's the how they described it. It's Yeah. Doesn't it feel good to murder less? That's great. I could not get anywhere with Payless True Source. That's good. Good job. These Payless boots are made for murder. There we go. But... Because they're payless, they hurt my feet, so I need to elevate onto the interrogation room table. Oh, boy. Her feet hurt. They're payless shoes. What else you got? Barefoot uncontessa. Okay. I don't know exactly what that means, but she's not couth. There we go. There's another way to make that title that's Only nasty you could do it. and mean. No, I can't because it uses a very bad word. Oh, I get if you would just actually say un... Just emphasize yeah, that I gotcha. and nothing else. I gotcha. Yeah. But um, Bear, okay, do- I totally see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Without the un, you would say mm-hmm. it just okay. That's great. That's my title. We can't if, even say it, but I, that's my title. It. What about washing off the poop deck because of pirate, <laughs> and then 
Oh, I don't know why I kept wanting to do this. Turnage tables on the killers. I couldn't get out turning tables in my head. Don't worry about that one. That's not really good. I had love trapezoid, but this kind of got messed up. Murder rhombus. Mm-hmm. Or sex rhombus is what mm-hmm. I originally had. But then you said rhombus, so it's not as clever. Bank said rhombus. I think you just said trapezoid. I thought you said rhombus. No, he said trapezoid and rhombus. The crimes afoot. That's good. Afoot. Yeah, I got it. Because you hated it so much. And then just shiver me Kimbers. <laughs> there is no shame in her pirate game. No. And I'm glad they didn't harp on it too much because they shouldn't have. It was smart. It was well done. Good job, Dateline. Yeah. Twitter. Okay, let's. Jasmine, who is a listener of ours, says, the more I watch, the more Portlandy this episode gets. Yeah, there is some Portlandy stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maker says, prisoner number one, how'd you get busted? Prisoner number two, pay less shoe source. Mm-hmm. Jelly Kill said, Mank said love trapezoid, and I spit my Diet Coke all over my comfy blanket. Date, Dateline can't wait for this one. It was pretty good. Love trapezoid. They really loved good. it. And if anybody knows Teen Girl Squad, go watch the one where they say, gonna get a bread tangle, a pizza. It's a bread tangle. A pizza <laughs> in a rectangle. Anyways. Terry said, after Angela left the interrogation room, I hope they tossed that chair and table into the trash or set it on fire. She has norovirus. It's really just total disregard. It's just sort of narcissistic. I don't know. It's weird. Well, no, they're talking about when she had diarrhea and and the throw ups. But yes, also, also then she put her foot all over that table. Right. That table is tainted forever. Jamie says, love rhombus had me giggling and then Googling to remind myself what a rhombus looked like. Yes. That's a rhombus look I'm like. not. I know what a trapezoid looks like. Claiming I did that, but I totally did that. It's just a little tilted. Rhombus is a square or tilted. a square that's tilted. Yeah. Yeah, I was right. Rhombus. Yep. Teresa Yay. says, love rhombus. It's like Mank knows I've been teaching shapes in kindergarten these past few weeks. And Josh Mankiewicz wrote, Hashtag teacher's aid. Oh my God, I'm so upset though. I forgot a really good one. Parallelogram. <laughs> Could we have gotten anywhere with a pirate parallelogram? Somehow, some way. Pirate poly parallelogram. Yeah, something like that. Poly parallelogram. Oh. There we go. You did it. Just merge it all together and it'll work. Yeah. I like it. Josh Mankiewicz actually did tweet out a picture of a rhombus and said... You'll need to know this later. <laughs> I love it. Good on you, Mank. Dateline producer, who is Shane Bishop, who we met at CrimeCon and was so amazing, um, yes. said, pirates. That's a word I would guess was not on anyone's Dateline bingo cards tonight. And a couple people said they wanted me to add it. I'm not adding it, guys. It's never going to be on there again. If it shows up twice, then I'll add it. I'm not even adding is it to our extreme cards. You promise? If it's on it twice, I will 100%, I promise, add it. If pirates come up again. You heard it here. I will add them. Okay, good. I'm excited. And Anna, our listener, said, it's not on mine. No love trapezoid either. Only love triangle. And she posted a picture of her bingo card. By the way, we have bingo cards on our website at datewithdatelong.com. And hers has love triangle in one of them. And then Mank wrote, oh, water tower, B-roll, my favorite. Because that's another one of the squares. You know what? Honestly, I would say that maybe you can use love triangle on this. I would say oh, love Oh, you can. Because they said love triangle. Right. You're good. Yeah. Cindy 
one of our OGs says Josh Mankiewicz is a true ally to women. He always covers their cases with with such empathy and true understanding. He is consistent with this on Twitter and in life. It's fantastic. Not a joke. Serious. Very true. Thank you, Cindy. That was very nice of you to say and point out. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he would like that very much. Mm -hmm. M said, trying to frame the pirate community was not something I saw coming. (laughs) Didn't see that coming in 2022. That's messed up. I know. Their own what troubles. did they do to you? Yeah, they haven't been pillaging in a long time. Let them grow as a community. Exactly. They're vegans now, I heard. <laughs> Hannah says, you just, Hannah says, not now, sweetie. Mommy is learning about pirates. And it's a picture of a woman sitting on her computer, like intently looking things up. It's true. Not it now, sweetie. True. Simp Vicious posted a picture of you know who putting her feet up on the table and said that loud lady who puts her bare feet on your armrest on the plane. We all know that person. Oh, if that website that does horrible passengers, are you kidding? The website, what's it called? Someone's going to yell at me. The terrible passengers. That's not what it's called. And they post solely pictures that people tweet of people acting horribly on planes and there are so many of people like trying to eat their food and someone's feet are sticking between their seats onto their armrest people what in your head tells you that this plane is yours this Mm -hmm. world is yours and you just don't have to have any common courtesy yeah yeah i know where is that in your brain that all that's okay Whatever shame. It's like shame. The Twitter account is called Passenger Shaming. Okay. That should be shame. Shame on you. Yeah, I agree. No, just shame on you, period. Not even for the feet, but the fact that you're going into someone else's space in front of you. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not in your row. Jeff Modzaluski said, my dumb A showing up to the pirate orgy, and it's a photo of a guy wearing a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform, and he's all smiling like, hi, guys, I'm here. Oh, shit. Shoot. Wrong uh. wrong kind of pirates. <laughs> Walks <gasps> backwards out of the room. One of my favorite moments in It's Always Sunny is Charlie Day in a bar. And Charlie's kind of known for being basically illiterate. And so they're sitting at the bar and they're trying to figure out how this bar is so popular and what's going on. And he goes, oh, oh, man. What, do you think there's a pirate that lives in there? <laughs> and he turns to him and he goes, you mean that door marked private? <laughs> the best moment it's so good i hope there's a gif of it i gotta find it it's so funny rebecca says in my day a lady kept a hanky in her sleeve nowadays kids are having pirate sex (laughs) she was a fully grown adult she could choose her way if not the kids kids might be though (laughs) the and this one's gonna make you mad are you ready sure this last one bravo social says so with the pirates, wouldn't it be poly arms? Oh, that's pretty good. Poly no, armorous. I can't say polyamorous. There we go. Polyamorous. Polyamorous. Yeah, it would be. That is phonetically correct. Yeah. Whoever brave soul who said that brave. Bravo social. Yeah. There. Yeah. Very good. Very well done. Yeah. Sir or ma'am. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and check out our bingo cards and check out our Patreon. We have lots of bonus episodes and tons of fun stuff. And we're covering 90 Day Fiance. We are covering 90 Day Fiance. And my last thing I want to say is that someone tweeted me a picture, an article, grooming groovy groomer 
that says it's an article, a one-year study of Vietnamese youths who built their own Bugattis. So they built their own Bugattis. So you... You can build your own Bugatti. Thank you. You know it. Oh, signing out. Buy me hearties. (laughs) Be your own Bugatti. Be your own Bugatti. (laughs) Oh, 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 shiver me timbers. (laughs) I like it. Where did the doubloons come in? No. They don't? They, the, those are in the booty. Those are the booty. They're in the chest. I Oh, I thought the doubloons were the things in the little pouch on the hip. They were the jangly. Doubloons are gold coins. So they might have some that they save for pocket doubloons. Interesting. And they might have some that they are getting from heaps in the treasure. I understand. I think that I am... More thinking that the things that are in treasure are like strands of pearl necklaces, gems, goblets. It's both. Have you been like on that. Pirates of the Caribbean? It's been a minute. 